while we were in praise and worship there, uh, the, the Lord brought something back to my remembrance, a word that he'd given me well over a year ago. And I wrote it down. And the title of it, The Rise of the Lions. It says, Lionheart Church, let us rise and prepare for action. And our divine and ordained destiny for as a bold lion, we will go out and tell the people everything God tells us to say. We will never be afraid of them. You see, today the sovereign Lord has made us strong like a fortified city that cannot be moved or captured. Like an iron pillar which stands firm and upright. And as a heavy, sturdy bronze wall that cannot be breached. In the name of the Most High. We will stand against the whole land, the kings, the officials, the priests, and the people. They will fight us, but they will fail. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. For the Lord is with us and will take care of us. The Lord has spoken. Rise up, lions. And it is so apropos at this moment that, okay, I should have said this. Each one of us that's here, there is a destiny on the inside. One that before the foundation of the world, God had planted on the inside of us. And because of circumstances, situation in our lives, some of us have shifted to the left, shifted to the right, moved back, moved forward. But we're at a place in time where God is saying that no longer are we moving to the left or to the right, but we need to be on the path that he has given us so that we can accomplish everything, everything that he has placed on the inside of us. None of us here are here just by happenstance or by chance. We might think it is. We might think we are that we just happened to be here. But remember, God knows the beginning, the end, and everything in between and before the foundation of the earth. He has ordained everyone that's here to be here. Now it is up to us each individual to say, yes, Lord. Because even though you have a blueprint and you have a plan, if the construction workers don't go by that plan, the house or whatever is being built is not built to specification and it would be ruined because you haven't gone by the plan. Remember in the Old Testament when, when they were, Moses came to the Lord and the Lord said to build the tabernacle that he has given us and be specific. Everything had to be specific to the plan because when it's specific to the plan, then there you can be more productive. And each one of us, I know sometimes it can be nerve wracking. Of, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. That happens to me too. You have a person up here standing, not every moment of the day knows exactly what I need to do. There are times that I take that breath and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I know we all 
get that at times. There are certain times that we know this is God. And there are the times that we have to say, okay, God, I don't know this is you. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But, you know, the grace of God skips, fills in that gap so that we now allow the peace of God. And then sometimes even when we say that, allow the peace of God. Oh, God, how can I allow the, your peace when in my mind there's so many things going on? Is it me? Is it you? Is it the devil? How, how does that work sometimes? We've all had that question in our minds. We might not want to admit it sometimes. I have that question in my mind. But that's when we fall back on the word. We fall back on the word when everything else goes awry, when everything else goes, goes straight. The word is what keeps us. The word is what upholds us. And if we allow his word to uphold us, we will be the pillar that he has designed for us to be. Let the word be your guide. Let the word saturate you so much that even when you speak, whatever you say, you don't have to say the Bible say, but because of your speech, you will be speaking the word. And when you speak the word, the angels of heaven. See, the, the thing is, we can speak so many, so many different things. We can say all that we want, but unless we use the word, unless we speak the word, nothing happens, nothing moves. God, the only thing that moves God is his word. Your tears does not. Being anger, angry does not. It's his word. And it's why it's so important that we say, get in the word, get in the word, read the word, absorb the word. You know why? Because when you, whatever you fill a sponge with, whatever you fill a sponge with, when the crunch time comes and it begins begin to squeeze it, whatever you have placed on the inside of that sponge that has been absorbed, that's what comes out. When you are being squeezed and crunched and just being tormented, what comes out? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you speaking? What is it that you're saying? Is it what God wants you to say? Is it what the world wants you to say? Is it what you want to say? You only say the word. Speak only the word. Only the word. All right. That's my sermon for the day. Let's stand. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. It would be nice if that was it, right? <laughs> That'll be time to go home. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here um, this morning. Our pastor will be back tomorrow. And uh, I know by the Spirit the great things that is being deposited on the inside of him.
It's not ironic that he went to Nigeria nine months ago. And we know when a woman is pregnant, after nine months, and the first time when he came back, when I picked him up, I knew there was something different. I knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, oh yeah, he's different, he's different. This time when he comes back, there's no holding back. There is no holding back. We're going to be, God is going to launch us in such a manner that no, man, no one will be able to gainsay of what we speak because God is going to back up his word when we speak his word like never before. By his spirit. We know that's going to happen. All right. This morning, I'm going to minister on a topic I've entitled it Synergy, the Force to Do the Impossible. The Force to Do the Impossible. Now I'm going to try my best to stay on note. Let's look at Genesis 11, 1 through 9. We're looking at the King James Version. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Let everything be pleasing to you this morning, O oh God. Let their hearts be open to receive your word, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. You know something? When you're up here ministering, you try to stay in one area, and it's almost like things just keep rolling in, rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. And you're like, okay, this is where you say the direction. Okay, God, wh where do you want me to go now? Where do you want me to go? Where do, you want me to, do you want me to stay on point? I would like to stay on point because that makes it a lot easier because I have notes that I can see, notes that I've gone through for, for the past couple of weeks, things that I've prayed about, things that I've looked at so many different times. But God has said, hey, I am the one that leads. I am the one that guides. I know every person's issue in here and how to, to, to minister to them. So I'm just saying this to say, sit back, relax. I don't know what's going to go on right now. <laughs> I am just the vessel that is being poured out. So now Genesis 11, 1 through 9, once again. It says, and the whole earth was, was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the line of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. 
And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have, they have all one language, and, they, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one, one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, and they left off from building, building the city. Therefore the name, it was called Babel, because the Lord did their confounding language, on, their language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now we're going to take a look at something here. The scriptures here, in, 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 in verse 1, it says, the whole earth was of one language and one speech. When we, when we, talk in, when we say synergy, synergy is, uh, according to the definition I looked up, it says, the creation of a whole that is greater than the simple sum of its parts. So what we are looking at when he says here that the whole earth was of one language, one speech. And because they were of one language and one speech, they were able to do something that today is very difficult to do, except at this church. Except at this church. Because at this church, we after today will recognize that we will become one language and one speech. Because in having one language, and, and language there is, is the, I'm all messed up now, okay. And language there in, 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 the, in the Greek, is, in the Hebrew is sapa, and it means lip. Now imagine. Each and every one of us in here, no matter where we go, no matter who we speak to, we all have the same lip. It's like we're talking to one person. No one here has their own different ideas, don't have their different sayings, don't have any deviation of what one word. Everyone speaks the same thing. We have one lip and we have one speech, one word. And when we come like that, it says that they said, let us build a city and a tower. But the important thing is, it's not just that they said build it. It's what God said. What did God say? In verse 6 and 7, it says, look. And in the New Living, Version, New, New, New Living Translation, look, he said, the people are united and they have, all, they have all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do would be impossible. If you want to be a part of a team that can do the impossible, Everyone on the team must speak the same language. Everyone 
no matter what position, no matter what things that you are do, where you are on the chain of command, everyone speaks the same thing. Just as how we say one plus one equals two, no matter where you go in this country, no matter where you are in the world, one plus one is, it's never three. So therefore now, we, what God has ordained for us, and, and, and in, the, in the scheme of time, what God is doing in this church in order to be, uh, for us to do what he wants us to do, we now must become one. See, Oneness creates something. We, we know of the, the horse where they, the, they, they tested the strength of the horse. One horse, say, pull 8,000 pounds. And then we put two together. We would think, okay, so they put, pulled twice as much. We found out that it's pulls three times as much. So every time each of you begin to speak the same thing, we expand the power of our speech by a three ratio. Not double, but three times. Which means it's overwhelming power if we now, that's why the scripture says one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. That's the power of unity. So what has been happening in the church is so many uh, divisions and so many philosophies have, have taken away from what Jesus said. Lord, Jesus prayed, said, let them be One. No matter what country you're in, no matter where you are, what position you have, Jesus prayed that we should be one because he understood that by being one, the power of God is with you. And see, now the difference between here in Genesis 11 and us today, they said, let us build a tower to make our name great. We're not building anything to name our name, make our name great. What we are building is for the Lord's name to be great. The Lord's name, not Lionheart Church, the Lord. The Lord. So when, 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 when we look at that and says, what I am building, what we are building, what we are doing here is for the Lord, that the Lord's name is glorified, that the Lord's name is magnified, God. And I'm all messed up now. Okay. The thing is, they were so, such in unison and oneness that God, In the church today, do we know any place of seeing anything 
where the people are so much in unity that God says, I need to go down there. This place will be that. Amen. That because we are one, God is going to come down. And when he comes down, then he will show us exactly how his power works. He will show us exactly what we need to do because his presence will be all in us. Because of the power of many being one. See, down from the, the usher that's in the back or the, the, the praise worship the team here, if we ask them a question, it'll be like robotic. Everyone will have the same answer. When everyone has the same answer, then we are one. We are not divided. Oneness is what we need to be in. And oneness is where from today we will be. If you take this to heart and do what the word says to do, we will be able to do things that people on the outside would say is impossible. But we know the scripture says, with God, all things. And if all things are possible with God and we are one with him, everything is possible to us. Nothing we, we, we set our heart to do, being led by his spirit, will be impossible. And then we will be known, as Prophet Elisa said, be called. When you have a name of that church, you know that you have become one with the spirit because then we will become the church that God has ordained us to be. We'll become the body that he wants us to be. We will demonstrate him. We're not demonstrating as the body of Christ as a whole, we're in a, what we are demonstrating is fear and incompetence. But there is a place where the people are one with God. And being one with God, we're able to do everything that he wants us to do. 1 Corinthians 3. One through nine, it says, and, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not, and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither were ye able, neither, neither ye not able now. They're not able to do it now. He fed them with meat. And they're not able to bear it. Because meat... It's for mature people. You wouldn't give a newborn baby meat. Why? Because their internal organs have not developed to digest it as yet. But when you get the, the, the word on the inside of you and it develops your heart, it develops your soul, then when the word of God comes in its pure form, you are able to receive it digest it 
and use the nutrients of the word to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. So now verse 3 said, for you are yet carnal. Now we're going to see where carnal, what real carnality is. For whereas there is among you envy, strife, division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In this church, there will be no envying, strife, or division. I'll say it again. In this church, there will be no envying, strife, or division. Because when that is among you, it says you walk as mere men. Now, Paul, in, 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 in another translation, says, you walk as mere men, which, which he's saying that if you receive the word of God in the way that God gives it to you, you will not be walking as mere men. You'll be walking as a God. You'll be the God man. You'd be the God man, the man that, and the woman that God has ordained you to be. To them, he has given the authority to be called the children, the sons of God. And if son, then I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means what he is, I am. So many people try to run away from that. Oh, that's, that's a bit. No, this is what he is. He came in, in the world to do. He said he came to destroy the works of the enemy. And in destroying the works of the enemy, he now makes us. The gods of the earth. And as gods of the earth, according to Psalm 82, he says, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked. Why? Because they know not, neither would they understand. He said they walk on in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are out of course. But I said, it wasn't me. I'm innocent of that part. He said, God says, but you That, just that statement alone is one of the most important things that we in the body of Christ must come to accept. He said that I am a God in this earth. And if I'm a God in this earth, he's my father. What does he do? So I can do the same work. And the only way to know what he does, you got to get in his word and see what he's done, see what he's doing, and see what he wants us to do. We are not just sinners saved by grace. We are sons and daughters of God. We have the ability, we have the power and the authority to walk as the gods of this earth. But ladies and gentlemen, so many of us just make that seem a little small area of our life only when we're in church. But that's not to be. Because if he has made, you, 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 you're, a, you're a person 
and you are the same person with, with, with the same personality in and outside your home. You don't change once you leave the house. You're the same person. And in the same way, same manner, that in the church, if you say you're a God when you're in the church, when you leave the church building, you should still be a God and not a sinner saved by grace. Stop shortchanging yourself by making in church your one thing and outside of the church building your another. Wherever you are, be what God says you are. Because he knows what you are and he knows what he has made you. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 4, For while one says, I am of Paul and another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe even as the Lord gave every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither is he that planteth anything, anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Philippians 2, 1 and, 1 and 2 says, Is this any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there, I'm sorry, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort of his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. The word they are working together in the Greek is synergious. It means working together. Which also means that big question that was asked back in Genesis, am I my brother's keeper? Some would like to say no, but according to the scriptures, we are our brother's keeper. Which means we ought to be looking out for our brothers and sisters. Not only looking out, but you see, sometimes when we try to look out for our brothers and sisters because of their mentality, the first thing that many people these days say, what? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Many people say, oh, you don't know me. Mm, really? Really? What did Jesus say by your? What fruit are you bearing? What fruit are you bearing? Don't bear don't try to bear one fruit in the church and another outside the church. And what, what, what I'm trying to get across to, to, to you is be what God wants you to be and says who you are inside the church building and outside the church building. 
If I see you outside of the church building, you should be the same person, loving person you are, outside as you portray on the inside. Do not compartmentalize your life. Be one. No matter where you are, be the same person. Now, if that means that you need to get your act together, please do so. Please do so. And the only way to get your act together, really, is by getting in the Word. Because every aspect of your life, every aspect of your life is covered in the Word. Every aspect. Your bad attitude, that's covered in the Word. You're not being nice, that's covered in the Word. I am just, just this way I am. That's covered in the Word because if you are a part of the body, if you are one with Jesus, it's not just, oh, that's my sign and because I'm, a, whatever sign they have that, that's dual. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. What does the word says that I am? We say that so much, so many times when you're in church. I am what the word says I am until I leave the building. Then I am something else. Be one in attitude and in deed. Be one. Be what God says you are, not what the world thinks you should be, or not even the way you think you should be. Be what the Word says you are. Because when you be what the Word says you are, then you can do what the Word says you can do. We all want to do what the Word says we, we, we need to do and what we want to be, but we don't want to take it in us to produce what He needs us to be. Be what he says you are. You know something? I didn't check to see what time I started. So I don't know how far I am. Okay, so I'll try to speed it up. What verse am I on? Oh, did I finish? Yep, yeah, I did finish. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. All right. You see, I even got to my main part yet. All right. See, as a, as in, in order for us to be one, each and every person has different responsibility, different talents, and all that meshing together. But we can still be one. We can still have the one mind, one heart to do. Because Paul says, one purpose, one heart, one mind. Because, see, in our body, our physical body, there are so many, there's trillions of cells in our body. We have different systems in our, in, in our body. The respiratory system, the, the immune system, all those different systems in our body is working together. Then we also have what they call the five essential organs of our body, our heart, our brain, our lungs, our, our liver, heart, brain, lungs, liver, I'm missing one more. Kidney. All those, each of those have a different function. 
And because they have a different function, they have different responsibility. And even though they have different responsibility, different function, some are seen more than others, they all work together. Your skin cannot, does not say, you know, I'm being exposed to the sun too much. I want to be internal. I want to be a, an, an, an intestine. It doesn't say that. Why? Because it has its function. And because it has its function, he knows that by me being the skin and what I've been designed to do, if I do exactly what I need to do because of what I've been designed to do as a part of the body, we all work together so this person can move and do what they need to do in unison. So therefore, in this church, there are different responsibilities, different functions. Some are exposed more than others. But because we are one, we do not say, oh, I want to be over there. No. Be the best that God has placed you to be over there. Because when you're not there, when you disrupt, your whole body is thrown off. Now, have anybody ever hit their finger with a hammer? Your brain didn't get hit. Your heart didn't get hit. But what happens? Every part, every part of your body knows that something happened here that is not normal and it does not feel good. And so in the same manner as being a part of this church, being one, every part must do its part. And don't look at another part and say, I want to be that part or I like that part because God has given every person its own gift and in given his own gift by doing what it's supposed to do wholeheartedly, the body works as one. Many members. One body. Now, still haven't got to my part yet. Now, as a part of the body, always be and do what your job is to be and do. The cells in my body the cells in my body is doing what it's supposed to do. It's moving. It's pulling things out. It's, it, everything that it's supposed to do is doing. Okay? My brain, it's not in the, it's up here. It's doing all that it's supposed to do. It's not saying, mm, you know something? I'm tired of this today. I want to be something else. <laughs> I'm tired of all this function of, of, of trying to, 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 to feel and and, and think and all that. I'm tired. Of, I, I don't want to do this today. What does it do? Because it has been, that's its job and has been given that, it does that every second of the day. And when something happens with your body, you know what it's called? 
dis-ease. In other words, disease. That's where disease comes from. It's a dis-ease of your body. In the, in the body of Christ, there are so many people that, that are not doing what they're supposed to do, where God has called them in. And 99% of the time, they know, but they just like other things. That looks more glamorous. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can do that for a day or two. No, each joint supplies. Each joint must supply. When, 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 when this church, after the day, realize what is my supply? What am I to do? Where am I to be every moment of the day to make this body one? God will give you the grace. He will, he will give you the energy. He will give you everything that you need to do what he has called you. I didn't call you. He called you. And because he called you, he will give you everything that you need. And there are times, this is not the way we're supposed to go. And there are times, yeah, okay. And there are times in this church at this moment, which will not be thereafter, that every joint is not supplying its part. And because it's not supplying its part, there is lacking in that area. And now another, another joint has to go and try to supply it. But the only thing is, in trying to supply it, you and then move out of your area of supply to bring up the one that's not doing its part. And you know something? My heart cannot do what my brain does. Why? Because it was not designed to do that. What part of this body have you been designed by God to do that you're not doing? No need to answer that questions out loud. Just keep it internal. Because where we are going, where we are going, ladies and gentlemen, every joint supplies. There is no joint lacking. My body right now is working optimal because every joint supplies. Every system in my body is working the way it has been designed. So therefore, I can move and do what my body has been designed to do because every part internally and externally is working the way that has been designed to work. So now, I think I can get to my main point. In order, in order to accomplish all that the Lord has asked us to do, there must be unity in two areas of our lives. Two areas. Those two areas in our heart 
in our heart and in our actions. See, the heart in the Bible primarily um, shows it's the center of the person, the seat of their, their will, emotion, and intellect. And in, in order, this is where now I'm, I'm getting to it, to show you how to do what we, each person must do. Each person, each person must look at these two areas of their lives. My heart and my actions. My heart and my actions. What is my heart saying and what is my action saying? Those two must be one. They must be one. And the only way that your action, whatever your action says, that's what's in your heart. You can't separate them. There are times you might do things out of character, yes, but on a consistent basis, on a consistent basis, you are what's in your heart. My question to you this morning. This is not a condemning message. This is like, it's a good message. What is in your heart? Everything wise goes right back to what's in the heart. Your heart, your heart, your heart. The part of you that, that according to the scripture, the word of God. And it depends on how much word is getting in you that it, it says it divides soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner and the intent of the heart. goes back to how much word are you putting in? Do you read your word once a week? Once a month? Whenever there's crisis? Get in the word because it's, it's the word that is able to make you. It's the word that's able to make everything in your, in your life and in your heart right. First Corinthians 16, 7. First Corinthians 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 4.23 says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect some of what you are. No one said anything, so I guess you agree with it. I'm not to say, oh no, that's not what it says. It says, above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. All. Not some. All that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of the innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring of life. What is in your heart today? 
is, in, is your heart saying, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do. Is your heart saying, because of where I am, the place that you have placed me, if the leadership says, I would like you to move shift to here, I would like you to adjust this, how do you react? How do you react to it? It says here that your heart, the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you do. The innermost being from it flows the wellspring of a life. The heart is very important. And we're going to look again. I quoted it before, but Hebrews 4. 12 says, for the word is quick. Quick there means alive. And powerful, powerful there means energetic. It's sharpened and intuitive sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. And that same chapter in verse 13 in the New Living Translation says, there is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. Please don't try it. It will not work. Don't waste your time. For nothing that we do remains a secret. And nothing created is concealed. But everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes. To whom we must render an account. See, the thing is, you're not rendering an account to me or to anyone around you. It is to God. And you might, when I say you, I mean just in general, not anyone specifically here. You might try to be deceptive in your actions and in your words, but God knows your heart. And because he knows your heart and your deeds is going to be judged, you're not affecting the other person. It's you. It all boils down to you because God is looking at you. And because he's looking at you, you now have to make an account to him of what you have done, what's in your heart. When you say yes, but you really mean no. In your heart, rather than just saying no. It can be hard sometimes, I understand. We're very complex beings. So many things going around our head. But there's singularity in God, in his word. And when we look at his word that is able to separate all this, that's able to put it where it belongs, then we give an account and we know our heart is right. Psalm 26.2 in the Amplified says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Test my heart and mind. That means it's two separate things. Sometimes we, we, we do things out of our head. Eh, it'll do that. 
And, 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 and that's where you get in trouble because, you know, sometimes you, you, you say to, especially to, 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 to little children, why do you do that? Oh, no. Oh, no. And we do that sometimes too, as adults. Oh, no. But truth be told, you know. You know. Here's why I said you know, and everyone can attest to this. Any action you do, any action you do, first comes with a thought. But there are times that we skip over the consequences of the action and just do the action. And then when it's come to, to, to fruition, you say, why did you do that? I don't know. There is something that you wanted to accomplish, and it didn't happen that way. So your answer is, well, I don't know why I did that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But the thing is also, God knows. He knows. And he's looking at it like, you know, really, dude? Are you going to, oh, who are you trying to fool? You can't fool the one that sees everything. And you can temporarily fool the one that you're trying to fool because it'll be exposed. Here's why. Because when you do certain things and you say you don't know why, and it happens again, you say you don't know why, you're fooling yourself. And when you start fooling yourself, then you have to try to start thinking now, okay, how can I get around this? Now, that's where deception comes in. How can I get around this? How can I do this so that that person doesn't think that um, I don't know what I'm doing or act, or act a fool? We do that all the time. Some, some are more slick about it. Some are more well-versed about it because they've been doing it for a longer time, period of time. And some are just learning how to do it. <laughs> so get your heart right. Get it right. Matthew 12, 34 says in the New Living Translation. But you who are known as the Pharisees are rotten to the core. You have been poisoned by the nature of a venomous snake. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? For what has been stored in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. What has been stored in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your word. I mean, the more, the more it's in there, the more you do it on the inside, the more it's, you, you stir it up on the inside of what you want to do through your heart and your mind, and then before you know, you say something else, oh, did I say that? that, that that's what he means. Be, because it's so much on the inside that when you're not thinking consciously of what to say, you will begin to say certain things, and you're like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said it. And it's happened to all of us. This happened to me. It's like, oh, man. And then in your mind, he says, oh, why did I say that? Then, the, and, and then we, how we try to cover it? Oh, I didn't mean it like that. 
And there are times that can be true. But, but the issue is what has been stirring on the inside of your heart for that particular thing to come out the way that he does. What has been there just turning on the inside and meditating on and, and, and just stirring it up and say, until the overflow. And notice, Jesus said, it's the overflow, which means you haven't gotten down to the real core of it yet. Which means that there is more bad stuff in there. And this is the stuff that just, whoop, it came out. I'm glad y'all are laughing. <laughs> Jeremiah 17.10. And then you live in translation. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what, according to what, what their actions deserve. Which now gets us to the second point for us to be one. First, got to get the heart right. And now, it's our actions. Actions includes what we do and what we say. Because what we do and what we say is in our heart. It's there somewhere. Now, because if we get to a place where everyone has the same understanding and say the same thing, as I said earlier, God will come down. When our actions, our words, our thought is the same, the same, the word, the word, the word, it's the word, it's the word, God is going to say, I'm going to show up with, to these people and I'm going to show out all that I am. Colossians 3, 1, 1, Colossians 3, 14 through 17 says, For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ, the word there is the rhema, which means not just the written word, but the revelation of the word, which also, if you backtrack, means that you have to have the logos in you, the written word in you, so that when God wants to speak to you, the rhema word then comes up to you. Because in, like I said earlier, every situation, everything that we're in, there is a, listen, everything that confronts us, every situation that we're in, everything that we do, there is always a rhema word for that situation. Always. Because God is in us. He's with us. So therefore, he knows when he's going to come. And, he, and he's always trying to show us a way of escape, a way to, to overcome this. 
But because so many of us are boggled down with other things, that the, the written word is not in us so that the rhema word for that situation can come, come up on the inside of us so that we can go through whatever needs to go through and know exactly what God wants us to do. Every, every, imagine every situation that go, every, everything that happened in every moment of the day, God wants to show me exactly what he wants me to do in that situation. Every second of the day, God wants to show. But so many times, even our, our minds are so wrapped up in different things that it's difficult for God to get through. Difficult. And then there are times that we don't even want to hear what God has to say. We want to do our own thing. We want to do what's right in our own eyes. It's not what's right in our own eyes, ladies and gentlemen. It's what God says. Because if he's our number one, if he's everything to us, if we really believe that he's everything to us, we then do whatever he says because he's everything. So I said, let this verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, flooding you with all wisdom, not some wisdom, all wisdom. Apply the scripture as you teach and instruct one another with the, with, with the psalms and with the festive praises, with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your heart. Let every activity in your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God, the, God the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. Let every activity, I say it again, let every activity, say it one more time, let every activity of your lives and every word, it, it goes back to reward, the reward system. Everything you do is being recorded. Everything you say is being recorded. So, and, he, and here it's saying, let every activity in your life and every word that comes out of you be drenched. You know what? It, you know, it, it, it rained last night. No, it really rained last night. Okay? And maybe some of you were outside when the downpour came. And you know, so you know what, what it means to be drenched. Which means it's pouring off you. It has gotten you wet. Every part of your body is wet. This is what it's saying. Let every part of your body, mind, spirit be drenched, be soaked in the word. The only way to get soaked in the word is to open yourself to the word. You see, I didn't get drenched last night because I was inside. Which means if you're not in the word, you cannot be drenched. So that means you have to get out of yourself, 
out of the, the place that you of your safety and get under the word so that it can drench you, so that it can be soaked with it, so that no matter what you do, when you flash your hands, water comes off, which means the word comes out. When you speak out of your mouth, your word, the word of God comes out. When you think a thought, it's the word of God. When you walk a place, you know that's where God wants me to be. When you do something, you know that's, that's what God wants you to do. That's what it means. Let the word drench you. Just like that sponge. It, it soaks it up. So that you know that God is with you. I'm almost done. James 1. 21 and 22. You live in translation. So say. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God. The, the word, the word God has planted in your heart. For it has the power to save your soul. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself. So many of us do things that we're fooling ourselves. Because God can see that you're fooling yourself. And you know you're fooling yourself. But it's easier sometimes to fool yourself than to do what is right. Because to, sometimes to, to do what is right takes every fiber of your being to say this is right even though it feels awkward. This is right even though I don't want to do it. I need to do it. And that's where character comes in. Character. The only way you get the right biblical character is through the word. And it's the word that strengthens you when those times come, when you know what to do is right, but your feelings say, I don't want to do it. So many times, that has happened to all of us. It happened to me. That day, I know what is right to do. But sometimes it's so hard because the easy way is the wrong way. And I want the easy way. But you know what happens? Then the consequences. And when the consequences start to hit, we say, oh, God, forgive me. But I was trying to, God is saying, but I was trying to show you the way that you go so you can stop the pain before it happens. And you know, you don't like pain. But so often we put ourselves in positions to be in pain. But when the pain is not there, it's okay. And then when the pain comes, you say, oh, God, this is too painful. And God is saying, I was trying to tell you. God loves us. And he's trying to get us in the right way, in the right place. It says just in verse 22, don't just listen. 
Don't just hear the word without doing something about it. Each time you, you hear the word of God, certain things should come to your mind. Okay, God, I hear what you're saying. What actions do I need to take in order for that part of your word that I've heard today to be fulfilled in my life? What do I need to get to me? And what do I need to stay away from so that that word can be fulfilled in my life? Because in our actions and when we speak things, I have a note here, and my note here says, everything in the spirit stays still until it is moved by words. And what you say is heard. Necessary, not the person around you in the spirit. Everything, everything, and I say everything, everything is first spiritual. Everything. Everything is spiritual. So, 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 so the, the, the thing that you did uh, to, today that was not of God is first was something that was created in the realm of the spirit and brought up to you and because of the lack of or insensitive to the word or not wanting to hear the word you are then brought into it. The, the scripture says you, when, the, when the, the temptation comes you are drawn away by your own lust. By your own lust. Now if you have been drawn away by your own lust that goes to show it's not an accident, right? Because you're being drawn away. And you're being drawn away and you're not able to, according to the, words, the word, resist the devil so that he can flee. And, and you're being drawn away because, you know, that thing feels good at that time. I want to do that right now. I want to just advocate God for a few moments. Just, just, just sit aside for a moment. Let me continue what I want to do. And then when things don't go right, I come back to you and say, okay, you know, God, you know, your grace is sufficient. You know something? We don't say that verbally, but our actions say exactly that. Our actions say that. And that's why, in order to be where we need to be, we must first hearts right and then our actions right I'm going to script now let's 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 do um, Jeremiah 32:17 Jeremiah 32:17 says O sovereign lord you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And that 27th verse says, God is saying, I am the Lord, the God of all people, of all the people of the world. Is anything too hard for me? In your daily life, that you do all that you need to do, Keep in mind, nothing is too hard for God. Situation, circumstances confronts us when we don't know what to do. There are many times certain things we don't know. I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know the right course of action. 
nothing is too hard for him. And this is where we come to the place because he said nothing is too hard for him, that this church will be the place where, as in, in, in Genesis 11, where it says nothing that they imagine to do will be too hard. Why? Because we have our heart right. We have our actions right. We are one with each other. We are one with the Lord. And because we are one, nothing is impossible. Now let's look at, um, got a few more scriptures. I'll cut it short. Mark 11, 20, 20 through 24 says, the next morning, as they passed by, by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it was withered from the root up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said, said to the tree from the previous day, and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you curse is withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You may say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you may pray for anything, and if you believe that you have, re that you have received it, it will be yours. Now, this is, this, this, this is where I, I'll end. I have about 10 more scriptures, but I think we have exhausted. This church is heading in a direction that no other church has gone. The only way that we as a body will get to that place where no one has gone before. Mm, sounds like Star Trek. <laughs> is for us to be one. And Jesus said, you will say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And it will happen. But you must believe. That means your heart. The things that you say, your actions, your mouth will happen. And so we become, in as becoming one, speaking the same thing, believing the same thing, Nothing will be impossible to this body of Christ. To this local church, nothing will be impossible because we believe and we are saying the same thing as God says. And because we believe and, and saying the same thing as God says, and we as a body of believers are one, we're able to accomplish the impossible. Do we want to be the ones to accomplish the impossible. I have a phrase that I say, unbelief. I don't know if I remember putting it down. <laughs> unbelief and wrong words will steal those impossible things God wants to make possible in your life. Which means those things that seem impossible, if you don't believe it and you don't speak the word, those things that God wants to make, to make possible in your life will become impossible because you have not taken the step to, to have your belief and your words be one. Your words and your actions must be one. Jesus said, you say it 
but you also believe it. Many times we say it, but we really don't believe it. But when we say it as a body, as one people, one mind, one heart, one purpose, when we begin to say what the word says, believe, we will do the impossible because we have a God that says all things are possible to them that believe. So now, my last scripture I'm going to do today, tomorrow, Psalm 133. This is where I close. Psalm 133 says in the New Living Translation, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony, that's what one is. Harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and unto the borders of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on Mount Zion, on the Mount of Zion. And there the Lord pronounced his blessing, life, even life, everlasting. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we saying? To accomplish the work of God for this church, for this ministry, each and every one of us must be in harmony. There is no division, no confusion, because we have laid aside the weights and the sin that has so easily distract us and we look towards what God says that we need to do. And we as a body of believers saying the same thing, have one lip, one word. No matter who speaks it, it is the same word. And when we are in that harmony, there the Lord will pronounce his blessing upon us. Let's stand in our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord. We thank you. We honor, we glorify you. We thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. Father, we praise and glorify you, O Lord God, because today we have become one. We have become one in you, O Lord God, one with each other, so that you are being honored in our lives and in everything that we do, everything that we say. Oh God, that you are being honored and lifted up, oh Lord. And we thank you. We honor you this morning, Lord God. I want each and one of you, with your own words, speaking into the Lord, that you want to be one with Him, with His Word, that your heart will be set on Him. And our actions will be what He desires for us so that we will be able to do every work of God. Jesus' prayer that we be one. 
Father, we thank you. That is each personal, Lord God, dedicate themselves to you. Dedicate their heart, their minds, and their action to be one with you and one with each other. That nothing will be impossible to this church. That nothing will be impossible to each person in their personal lives. I thank you, Lord, because of your word, the liberty of your word, the empowerment of your word to each and every person. I thank you, Lord. I honor and I glorify you, Father, because you are King and Lord of our lives. you are being honored in their lives. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Search our heart, Lord. Search our heart. like each one of you as you go on your way today just ask the Lord what part do I play to be one in my own church what area what system am I in what part you have ordained the blueprint for me this church and then Brothers keep helping each other. The scripture says the strong bear the infirmity of the weak. So we're helping one another. Not talking about others, but helping one another to be the best that God wants us and has ordained us to be in this church. Be the best. Amen. 
God for his word this morning. Amen. Amen. Our pastor <clears throat> comes back uh, tomorrow evening. We just want you to continue to keep him in prayer. Because I'm letting you know now. There's going to be a difference next week. There's going to be, there's going to be such a shift that you're going to say to yourself, oh, I'm glad I got this today. Because my heart is ready. My mind is prepared. And my action will follow. Because there's going to be a, a real shift. I hope you all are ready. If you're not ready right now, you got like four days. Because <laughs> he might be speaking on Wednesday. You got about four days to get it together. We are going someplace. We are doing something. Not because of us. Because of him. We thank God that he has found us worthy. Because he has found us worthy, our heart will say yes to his will, his plan, and his purpose. Because he knows the beginning Okay, we'll have ministers downstairs if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to ask.